0: Welcome back. This is episode two of Pop Culture Petri Dish. I am Abe Epperson, and I'm a baby when it comes to uh, understanding all things science. And here with me is our uh, resident Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, Christian, Christian, say hello.
1: If by Neil deGrasse Tyson you mean we both wrestled in high school and... Or into that sort of thing, then yes, I suppose you could compare me to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Indeed, I did.
0: <laughs> Is he other anything other than a wrestler? I don't know anything about Neil deGrasse Tyson. All right, so today we're doing episode two, uh, where we talk about science fiction and its you know parallels in the real world and how you know, authors get their ideas from the real world and how the real world gets ideas from science fiction. Today we're talking about genetic engineering.
1: Yeah, you might have seen this kind of stuff. I mean, obviously the first one that comes up is Captain America, any kind of super soldier. He has been genetically engineered to be the prime human. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, yeah, also stuff like, I don't know, universal soldier. I'm not sure if that one fits as well.
0: Well, walk us through it. Give us the crash course in genetic engineering. What's going on in the horizon of today? Like, what's what's happening?
1: All right. So genetic engineering. A brief history is that we've always been doing genetic engineering. If by genetic engineering, we consider things like selective breeding. Um, from the first time that we decided to plant the wheat crops that produced more wheat... Uh, and we selected those ones to keep planting year after year we've been genetic engineers we've been emphasizing certain traits and breeding out other traits like dogs yep
0: like that's how we domesticated dogs right we're like you're the cute one yeah and you don't bite me when i like hug you (laughs) and that's how we got to here
1: yeah exactly it's Genetic engineering for a long time was based on cuteness and its <laughs> ability to help us. The cutest little wheat. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but that's that's where genetic engineering was for thousands of years. We've domesticated horses, cows, uh, chickens. all Every animal that you eat on a daily basis has been domesticated. And in a sense, then it is genetically engineered. So yeah, that's why things like GMOs and things like eh, controlled crops like that. Genetic engineering is a good thing. But for, they get a bad rap. Because, exactly. Yeah, yeah. People don't want GMOs because of the fact that they have this idea that p- companies are putting in certain bad chemicals. Everything is made of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's things like having too much bacteria in beef and stuff like that that could make you sick because it could cause super bugs. Yeah. But... The reality is that we have genetically engineered every every single piece of food that you eat today is not the same as it was in the wild.
0: Yeah, and like there's dihydrogen monoxide. Yeah. And uh, don't want that shit because that shit <laughs> might like poison me, except that it's just H2O. That's a good brief history of.
1: Yeah. And so currently the place that we're at is, so now looking into the future, we're getting to the point where we're going to start using gene editing on humans. And to do that, we have this thing called CRISPR or Cas9, which is a big science term for uh, clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. It's a family of mm. DNA sequences and bacteria that effectively and specifically change genes within organisms.
0: It's a toe-tapper. <laughs> yes, a, indeed. Of a, of a, uh, I, I see why
1: they went with CRISPR yeah it's a little more catchy but anyways um basically simplified this is scientists are starting with rna which is the molecule that reads dna dna is the code that's within us and rna is the thing that's kind of transmitting it to the cells so the rna
0: and if i remember i'm flashing back to BioAP. yeah uh rna is what is a part of the process of creating dna yes. right it, it codes it itself like yeah. is they program or not like not what to do, but just like the protein synthesis of yes. Things. It's right. it is a part okay. of
1: protein synthesis. Of course, our all of our first introduction to this is probably Mr. DNA. Mr. DNA? Ju- <laughs> yep. In Jurassic Park. And yeah, so that's essentially what's going on is that they use the RNA. I mean they the Cas9 spots a specific part within the nucleus of the cell, and it can turn that gene off. It can, or it can alter it. Turning it off is the easiest thing for it. To
0: and do. we're getting into the human aspect of it, like curing yes. cancer yeah. on the outset kind of thing. Yeah,
1: it can turn off the cancer gene, whichever one that it is. But of course, genes aren't always for one specific thing. So it has side effects. If, it's only it's, the, if the only thing it's doing is turning it off.
0: Are we already in a Gattaca system? Like, are, are we in a situation where it's like not only gene, gene engineering and gene therapy, but like... If I have a baby and if I have enough money right now and maybe in like a decade or two, I have less money but can still do the same thing. Like, can I make my child have perfect
1: Aryan skull shape? We are not there yet, but I'm saying yet with a lot of emphasis because that is a direction that we could absolutely be in within the next like 30 years like that eugenics is, yeah that shit. is the direction of the like science nazis right that is the direction of the science right now which obviously has a lot of moral questions when it comes yeah. to do you decide to completely get rid of the genes that cause down syndrome do you com- decide to get rid of all the genes that make somebody shorter or that makes somebody gain weight do you what do you do what is the limit to what you are allowed to do with this technology. What's
0: the what's the guy's name? Do you remember the guy's name who like, mapped the human genome? Craig oh. Venter or something yeah. like that?
1: Um, uh, Crick and Watson did No
0: that well they decided this is DNA, right? They right. were like yes, this is were. DNA. But there was a guy in like two thousand five yes. who like he was like, I'm gonna make my blood the first time that we ever like looked in and said, this this is all of it. Yeah. This is all the DNA. And I'm like, so is there going to be copy? Like, does this have implications in terms of cloning?
1: Um, It could Uh, mostly basically CRISPR and um, the RNA version of CRISPR, which is called repair uh, has the most implications and is the easiest to use on Basically, small cells. Uh, when we're when we're in the incubation process, so we're,
0: it's more like that. You have your own genome, and then it's like plastic surgery for the cell, right? So it's, it's it's more of altering what's there, getting a Botox injection here or there to make your everything slightly different. But it's not like we can just map it,
1: right? Uh, currently. Uh, I mean, we have mapped the human genome. That's something that we've done, and we're and uh, companies like National Geographic and Twenty Three and Me, all those uh, DNA testing places, they are helping to continue mapping the human genome to see because there's there's twenty three pairs of the G A T C yeah. genes in DNA that go together. And so those 23 pairs with those four-letter combinations create a lot of different variation. So we have, like, 23 pairs of genes, um, which is why part of the reason why they need to map so many different people's genes to get a good picture of uh, what it all means. So eventually we can get kind of... um, Eventually we will have a more perfect picture of what each pair of genes means like this particular one means that you have blue eyes but it also means x y and z things about you
0: see it's always funny to me because they have these like 23andme and uh whatever the, the genealogical services yeah where they send you essentially a q-tip that you swab your cheek with and then you send it back and they tell you like uh what your you know data is yeah. as a you know dna uh and where you came from and probably what your great 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 grandparents are and stuff yeah. like that and i'm like i never want to do that because <laughs> i don't want to take that information and just put it out in the world i don't know if i'm a conspiracy theorist <laughs> or what but it's just like it'd be weird to know that they just they know that i will die at a certain point and then <laughs> health insurance happens like it's just like at what point does that When does that become problematic? Because right now we're in like the getting to know you phase where everything's fun and cute. (laughs) And, but now that as we map the genome, it's going to get pretty dark here. It's going to be like walk shame kind of situation.
1: (laughs) Well, and yeah, because not everything that people would identify as a genetic problem is necessarily a genetic problem to everybody else in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's part of like our variation is very important as a species.
0: Right. I like to think so.
1: It is. You're right. Yeah.
0: No, no, it absolutely is. <laughs> but there's parts that I'm like, yeah, I could do without that. Yeah. You know, like uh, I don't like that I, uh, regardless of how much I uh, lift weights, my arms are still flabby pieces of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> there's always gonna be that. Take that right out of the gene pool. Abe Epperson,
1: you're gone. All right, you're on the bench the work that is the easiest thing to do this work on is when our dna is not structured yet so when we are small multicellular organisms before we are before we've turned into a fetus or anything like that because that's before the genes actually start activating so that is where you get things like what is being called right now designer babies where you can go in and you can decide Yeah, yeah I want them to be this tall. I want them to have this eye color. I want them They're to... They're good at soccer. Yeah, exactly. That That is... They don't
0: have insecurity issues like I do.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that comes from genetics. That's got to be a gene. it has got to
0: be a gene because I can't shake it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's where... that That is the future of it, I guess, is that you can make these genetically... I mean, it's it sounds weird, but you can make these genetically stronger or smarter or these people without what some people would consider imperfections cuter or don't bite
0: your hand when you feed them. You know, it's just like, but like now it's humans. Exactly. Yeah. That's fucked up.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really weird. And there are lots of benefits because this is stuff that we could use to cure diseases that attach to our DNA, like HIV or that attach like a herpes virus. You can use this kind of technology to cure things like that. And that obviously would be beneficial to completely eradicate from from humans.
0: But when it's blue eyes and right. blonde hair, mm-hmm. it's a different story. Exactly. Yeah. It's
1: it's no longer once it's just purely cosmetic things, then it's getting to a point where I mean, but maybe that's just our human morality that we have right now. Maybe that's just a twenty-first century way of thinking. Maybe in a hundred years when it's common use technology People aren't going to have our same foibles about it.
0: That's what I'm scared of is that in like 80 years when this is now like common practice, we have the battle between like the natural born and the designer babies yeah and they're just way stronger and captain america all over our ass exactly. and it's just like well we lost the war and then now the human race in 100 plus years is now a situation where it's like everyone looks the same yeah uh everyone's a boba fett yeah <laughs>
1: exactly we're, Fet, we're all whatever. Django feds. Yeah. we're all clone troopers
0: yeah and that, the, what will that do to diversity i wonder
1: exactly uh, yeah it's... and but this technology isn't perfect yet there's still problems because um the cas enzymes sometimes will cut pieces of dna that resemble what they're supposed to be targeting so you could go in and be targeting a gene that is going to make you have cancer and accidentally cause you to have an entire litany of other problems because it accidentally cuts a gene that is similar because it's not like a computer program where you can go in and say this is exactly the task do only this task it's it's enzymes and you can't reason with an enzyme (laughs) uh
0: i would say it's actually very like a computer it's similar because like um yeah there's because there's there's ghosts in the machine right granted um you know like if you just do that to one particular method it will just not say hello world and right. it will just like not do its function but you you spin the wrong integer in the wrong variable and now it's sending a new message to other methods yeah exactly. and so the end result is just this weird concoction mm-hmm. of uh reality and i think that that's something that that op- that absolutely makes sense to me mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, this is like I said. the The upside to this, I think, is really great. You can you can get rid of birth defects. You can get rid of people being born with a heart that's too small. You can get rid of diabetes. You could get rid of all sorts of conditions that are that we are right now genetically predisposed to. You can get rid of cancer. So now we're going to end up running into the moral question. Of how far do we let this technology go?
0: Right. I mean, it's a quick step to eugenics and Nazism from yeah. here because we can literally change and fit well, figurative and literally change the uh, face of humanity if we choose to have like a global committee uh, that is like a watchdog over the stuff, which I feel like needs to happen. Yeah. But also what's keeping the watchdog like a global community of gene therapists essentially, who are saying like, yeah, do this. Don't do this. uh, That also is corruptible. Yeah. So we're fucked both ways. Is that,
1: is that what we're saying? (laughs) Is that what I'm saying? I don't even know what I'm saying. Maybe. Um, But yeah, this is going to come up in a bunch of different subjects, but we are really bad at making laws to at a rate that is commensurate with the technology that we're creating, we are incapable of keeping up with it, and we really need to be thinking about it. Right. And because this is not just going to be a question of can we do it, there will be a question of should we do it too.
0: Technology is faster than ethics.
1: No, that is for sure. Yep.
0: <laughs> Unless we're talking about Robo Aristotle. <laughs> he's
1: Uh, the fastest he's so good
0: at both (laughs) and don't even get us started on the idea of it being privatized like where genes are now owned by corporations and if you want to change it yeah like this alteration of this gene is patented by this company so if you want those blue eyes right you need to talk to oracle
1: right it, and this has already happened with something like Monsanto there and some of the crops that they've created that they own. They own the right to make these seeds now. Yep. It's that's the kind of stuff that we need to worry about with this. Cause do you, do you want somebody owning the right to have <clears throat> make blue eyes in your baby? Or do you want somebody who owns the right to make sure that your baby doesn't get cancer?
0: <laughs> Which is crazy because we've been, like you said at the beginning of this podcast, we've been doing this for centuries, yeah. even more, you know, thousands of years. We've been altering wheat and dogs and corn, uh, yet no company really owns a breed of dog. Right. So what? why is it just because it's fast, just because it's immediately nuanced and you can create it out of nothing. Is that, is that the big game changer? That's why we're fearing this? Or is it an unfounded fear?
1: Uh, it's, I think that's a good question. I think that it is not unfounded because we've seen the way that private corporations will operate when it comes to anything that is a precious resource. Or even governments. Right. And this is something that will absolutely consider a precious resource when it comes to... because. I do want to know I would like to know that my kid isn't going to get cancer and die when he's when he's freaking 12 years old. I I would love to know that I would love to be able to have that as a certainty in the future. Yeah. I but do I want a company that can control that?
0: Yeah. And I mean, it becomes immediately like it becomes trending on Twitter the second that a company owns the ability to cure sickle cell. Right. But it's less sexy or, you know, uh, easily talked about when it's just something simple. Like, uh, yeah. So you don't want double joints, right? Yeah. That's not a problem. We got that covered. Uh, and you, you have, you, you get to thank, uh, Hewlett Packard for that one. (laughs) Uh, but like, yeah. And it's not just technological or ethical, problems that we have to deal with yeah we also we also have we're, we're like kind of surprisingly especially now with like social media and stuff uh we're surprisingly at the whim of just social niceties or like where we're going yeah. as a species communicating with each other right like so how would that alter the genetic uh kind of i don't know what would you call them
1: yeah just the whole genetic pool would be like fads and stuff right right? exactly like because we're an animal that because we're social we get really into fads so it kind of brings up the question of in a thousand years when historians are studying this are they going to be able to identify the time period because this type of bone structure was popular this height was popular at the time and we now we have designer babies so we can make everybody (laughs) this way Like if this had existed in the 80s, there would be it would be completely identifiable from all like the jerry curls and the kind of the weird non-sexual look or not non-sexual. Oh, androgynous. Every, like, you'd be able to see in the bone structure that androgyny was a popular thing at the time if we had had designer babies then.
0: Right, right. And uh, we're so much at the whim of that. You bring up, like, because we're doing that right now, bringing up the historical narrative. Yeah. Now that we have the technology to, like, kind of map it out, I saw on social media fairly recently that they, uh, they, recreated the through via bone structure and DNA like indicators what Queen Nefertiti of Egypt would look like. Right. And of course, uh just like everything's problematic in the world, uh they made <laughs> her they gave us an image and said this is what she looked like. And she's a lot wider than a right. lot of people wanted. <laughs> uh and I'm I don't know. I'm not a geneticist. I don't know. No. I do know that, that like that era we it, it's true right. based off historians that they weren't that light skinned, right. uh, so people were outraged and rightfully so. Uh, but it's also like the people who were just doing that were just like, yeah, uh, but I mean, like, do you see that we we're like. Recreating, like, muscle structure (laughs) from, like, the stress it puts on bones? Like, do you not realize that we're, like, great scientists? (laughs) You're totally right about that thing, though. Uh, We fucked up, and we apologize. and they did, and that's how science works.
1: (laughs) Yep, that's how it works now. I don't want to get rid of racism by making everybody look the same. I want us to improve and get better as a society because we understand people that are different. I, right. Yeah. I love the differences in our society. Right. So I don't want to gentrify humans.
0: And when we look at like the, you know, this there's probably in the number of races that are actually on the planet, uh, to make one more like another as an appropriation. Yeah. We, that's absolutely a bad thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, but it's true that there's a certain part of the population for one race that gets sickle cell anemia and a certain other parts of the population that don't. So like how far are we away from that? Uh, It's kind of crazy to me that we are turning into halo Spartans.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I mean, and there's even, we haven't brought up the fact yet that they are also working on ways to cure aging. And cure, (laughs) there are some heavy quotation marks around cure because the fact that we age and die at the rate that we do, I think is a good thing right now because it means that the new gets to come in and influence what is going on currently Mm -hmm. and newer generations are generally more educated and more empathetic. And the idea that we could use the genes from something like a naked mole rat who doesn't that don't actually age uh, the same way that we do that suppress those sorts of genes to make us live for longer and longer.
0: That's crazy because they look really old (laughs) like naked mole rats look like the oldest thing in the oldest
1: road in the world right. and you're telling me they don't age you get to live to be 300 years old but you look old for most of that you're just benjamin
0: button of a thing <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh yeah i mean um so what's the current reality of this shit like you mentioned how it's like still being tested But and it can cure things like cancer or whatnot, uh, and uh, quote unquote abnormalities. Um, but is there genetic diseases or disorders that we're really like shouldn't cure?
1: (laughs) That's another moral question. Yeah, it's a moral, so
0: it's an ethical.
1: That's that that is one that's an ethical debate right now, even in because you
0: wrote down, and I'm looking at your notes like metabolism intelligence and cosmetics um yeah. and curing and aging you just mentioned you know what really gets me is the intelligence one because like mm-hmm. a big moral question to me is if that we we could run around uh if we just a whole generation like a flip of the switch could just turn on a higher intelligence, like just jump IQ up fifty points for everybody, and yep. we're a bunch of Robo Aristotle's walking around. <laughs> uh,
1: like, ought we do it? That is a moral question that I don't think we should answer on a societal level,
0: or on a podcast between <laughs> two schmucks.
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, there's something there in Europe right now. They test. Um, babies while they're still prenatal, while they're still in the womb. And they can test them for genetic defects or genetic abnormalities uh, like Down syndrome. And right now we know that given that technology, if they detect something like Down syndrome, there's an extremely high percentage chance that the parents will choose to terminate the pregnancy. So there is a huge moral question about what like what are we doing like as a mm-hmm. race as as a species what are we
0: Well, it's our agency. Yeah. Yeah. Or I prefer the annihilation movie tactic yeah. which is just like let's just like we are just a monkey at a switchboard, and let's just like start flipping switches, you know, just mutagens all over the place. See what happens. Yeah. You know. Whatever like, survives. Like uh, I'm, I, we decided as a couple to have a spider baby. <laughs> uh, well, I, did you decide that? No, no, we're not deciding it. It just happened. Yeah. We just they have eight legs. That's that just is a the thing. nature of things. Yeah. It's cool. They came out and they had that cool infinity tattoo. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm just. You know what my job is here? Anytime it gets dark and we start start talking about, uh, you know, like babies dying or like, you know, that I have to bring it back to jokes because yeah. I have uh, a lot of psychological problems.
1: <laughs> As humans, do we want because one of the things that's that we do that is actually better than what a lot of other animals do is that we take care of people that need help. Yeah. We don't just leave them behind. We don't just let them die. And I think that's when a lot of our, the best aspects of us come out is when we're helping people. And that's, that's do we want to just eliminate that Yeah. because it's, it's going to make our lives a little bit harder. I don't know. It's
0: yeah. It's crazy to me because I'm sure there's a lot of secret thoughts right? that like a parent of someone who has down syndrome or a parent, uh, where it's not a disease, but it's like more like a disorder and they right. have to live with it through their life, even in the same way where it's like it's easy where it's like your your child just doesn't have the greatest eyesight. They're right. not gonna be twenty 20 uh like once they're eight they're gonna be near or far sighted right uh that's a lot easier to solve than something like down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And when you ask those parents, I don't know a lot of those parents. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, no, I wouldn't take it back for anything for the world. Like this is This is the agency and who my child is. Yeah. And it made me better. Like all the things you said, but I wonder if they have the secret thought of like, if you got, if you went back and got to do it again, would you rather that they not have it? Right. And that is like a really hard moral ethical, and also, like we mentioned, societally uh, stagnant or complex yeah. kind of an equation that I don't know if I don't know if as humans, we can solve right. Uh, cause I don't have the answer. I definitely right. don't know any answers. I just have questions. Right. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people share that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and what do we lose when we get rid of, if we decide as a society that we don't want to have autism spectrum disorders anymore, right? Think of the art that we lose. Think of the, the, the nonlinear thinking that we lose right. because we decide that this is not something that we want to support.
0: Yeah, it's it's too hard to raise a child with autism. Therefore, let's root it out on a, you know, cellular level. Yeah. And it, I mean, having lived with that kind of situation, it's like, fuck that. But also it's like, right. yeah, but sometimes playing cards with him is like shitty because <laughs> he can count cards. But like sometimes my brother is like, you know like will you just shut up uh, for a second <laughs> you know like because you're being an asshole and it's like i don't know if i would that whole package i don't know if i exactly. i would give it back and i don't know if my parents would either and it's it, that's a huge consideration and i don't even know if the greatest minds of our generations or any generation uh, will have the ability to solve that. I definitely am not a a part of those ranks, so I can't say for sure, but I definitely know that it's, uh, you have to kind of come to that decision yourself and you have to kind of come to it on a case by case basis because if it's sickle cell, that's one thing. Sure. If it's blue eyes, it's another thing. But if it's autism, it's another thing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I think, uh, is there anything else you want to bring up about genetic engineering? Well, uh, I, I want to wrap we, this up. We
1: covered pretty much everything. I just think that <laughs> as a species that gets in flame wars on Twitter about memes, I don't know that I trust us to make decisions about what kind of genes we're going to eliminate for the next generation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Ugandan knuckles all <laughs> up in this... All right, guys. Um, Well, this has been our second episode, and it's been about genetic engineering. I want to thank Christian for uh, stopping by and telling us all the things about CRISPR and uh, RNA, which I did not know. Christian, where can we find you on the interwebs?
1: Uh, You can find me here doing more of these episodes at Small Beans. Um, I'm also doing uh, Tales from the Pit with Michael. So, yeah, I'll be here and also on Twitter at Fanboy Christian. That's Fanboy Christian with no H.
0: And I think the Tales from the Pit will be next Thursday. Yeah, probably. Uh, from when this is released. Right. Everything, I'm just projecting. I'm calling my shot. Listeners um, will know in the future. Yeah, in the future. Uh, well, thanks for joining us and until next episode.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah.